It's the Happy Families Podcast. It's the podcast for the time-poor parent who just wants answers now. ADHD is a challenge or a disorder related to inhibition, self-regulation, attentional focus, and physical activity and being outside seems to be a really profoundly healthy way to build that and, and, and improve that. And now here's the stars of our show, my mum and dad. Well, school holidays in Queensland are over. We're back, Kylie, Mrs. Happy Families. Uh, we've got a whole lot of podcasting to do, especially this month, Mental Health Awareness Month. going to talk about it in a sec. Uh, but how do you think we went with the school holidays? Are, are you glad the kids are back at school? Do you miss them already? Where, where are you up to? Uh, look, I actually really love school holidays. Six weeks is way too much. Christmas time is is hard, I think, to get through. We all kind of get to a point where you're just craving the routine, even though you've been dying to let go of it. Mm. You get to a point where you just you really need it back, the structure. Um, but two weeks just never feels like enough. I always feel like I've been cheated by the end of it. I feel I feel a bit cheated. We, we'll probably talk about it on Friday with I'll Do Better Tomorrow, but I feel cheated. Um, and it's my fault. It's totally self-inflicted. But having this book deadline has kind of cast a – a shadow over our entire holidays, for me at least. I I think the kids have had a good time, but I've just had this burden of knowing that I need to get to the office and I need to write and I've got work to do. It's been been a really hard holiday. Well, it's not a secret that you don't know how to holiday very well. (laughs) Only because you tell everyone. (laughs) <laughs> that I don't. Hey, um, I've got a question for you. This is probably an unfair question because you know the answer to it. But if you didn't know the answer, can you answer a question as if you didn't know the answer when you do know the answer? Let me ask you the question. If you didn't know, because we've already talked about it, how confusing did that sound? What would you imagine the most diagnosed mental health issue is for children in Australia today if we hadn't already talked about it? Well, if I hadn't already talked to you about it and we hadn't had a conversation about it, I still probably would guess the answer Yeah, because you can't have a conversation in the classroom without um, recognising that just about every other kid has been diagnosed with ADHD, ADD, ODD, any number of labels. It just is prolific in our society. Yeah. So ADHD is the number one most diagnosed mental health issue for our children, specifically with children aged four to 11. We're talking primary school kids here. According to the Australian Institute of Health and Welfare data, boys more commonly affected with mental health issues than girls, 17% versus 11%. And ADHD ranks as the top disorder for this age group, 8.2%. So almost one in 10 kids aged four to 11 so I'm going to put it out there. Like I would never have put ADHD in mental health. Yeah, well, well, it's a, it's 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 recognised as a mental health issue or a quote unquote mental illness. But it's a really controversial and provocative one, and there are all sorts of very, very, very smart people on both sides of this argument saying that it is or it isn't. And different nations approach it completely differently as well. Like in the United States, ADHD is off the charts. There are some places where as many as thirty percent of kids in the United States are diagnosed with ADHD. But then you go somewhere like Finland and there is about 1% of kids with an ADHD diagnosis. Like they, they just, they reject it and they look at the broader environment and they say, well, this is not a, this is not a neurobiological thing. This is an environmental thing. Very provocative thing to talk about on the podcast. Uh, one thing that we can say regardless is that if your child receives an ADHD diagnosis or has ADHD symptoms, it's incredibly disruptive. 
for you, for your child, it's really hard to function and make life work when ADHD, all those kinds of symptoms are showing up in your child's life. So given that it's Mental Health Awareness Month, all month today, we thought that we would help out parents whose children display ADHD symptoms or who have received an ADHD diagnosis. So we've come up with four ideas, four things that we can share that can help to lighten the load, to ease the burden. It's interesting having six children and watching each of them develop so uniquely and differently from one another. It was quite remarkable to me as a mum to recognise that when baby six came along, I just knew I had to do things differently with her. Yeah. And all of the kids would say, you know, you treat her so much differently to us. She gets away with everything. But there were just certain traits that she had that I learned very, very early on that if I didn't manage them in a specific way, that our whole lives were turned upside down. Mm. And um, over time, obviously, we've recognised and she has received a label. And I feel so grateful that in spite of all of the, um, I guess, the lashback from the kids and other adults, that I followed my gut on that because it has made such a difference to the way she has continued to grow and mature. So the four things we're going to share with you today are things that I've actually instinctively worked through with her over the last eight years and has made such a difference. The contrast that I see when other adults come into the picture and they don't know how to um, manage her. Or when we're just not at our best. Is insane. So I I prefer the word work with rather than manage. Uh, I I think that we want to work with our kids rather than manage our kids. But but the idea here, and and you and I see this kind of differently, and I really resist and push against the label. I don't think that it really adds anything. But what I do feel is that we have had to respond to this particular daughter and her needs in ways that are unique and different to the way our other five kids have been raised. So uh, where are you going to start? We've got four ideas. Let's, let's hit one right now before the break, and then after the break, we'll do the other three. Well, let's start with an easy one. Okay. Outside and keeping them busy. Yes. <laughs> they are busy people. They yep. love to move their bodies. They're exploring. They're just constantly on the go. And I learned very, very early on, the more time my child had outside, just being able to just be her and explore the world the way she wanted to, Life was bliss. Yeah, it's uh, tricky as well, though, because they want to be focused on their screens. They get hyper-focused on whatever they're doing once they are really in. Uh, but but we also know that there's that hyperactivity aspect. And we also know, I mean, research shows there there is – there, it is beyond doubt. There is, it's, it's indisputable that when kids are getting physical activity, it's good for their body, it's good for their mind, it's good for their soul, it's good for everything. So nature, fuel for the soul, but physical activity as well – just makes such a difference in their capacity to focus and pay attention. Ultimately, ADHD is a challenge or a disorder related to inhibition, self-regulation, attentional focus, and physical activity and being outside seems to be a really profoundly healthy way to to build that and, and, and improve that. In fact, uh, there are some researchers in some parts of the world who will say, that's the central issue behind the ADHD problems that we're having diagnosed around the world. If more kids were getting more outside time, more physical activity time, like we did 30, 40, 50 years ago, let's get all nostalgic, that we would have a whole lot less ADHD. Now, I know some people are saying, my kids are fully active and they've still got it. I'm, I'm not making an argument one way or the other here, except to highlight that that point that you've made, being outside and getting physical activity is 
vitally important for mental health and it can be, it has been shown empirically to make a difference when it comes to kids with ADHD. After the break, let's talk about the three other things that you can do to help your child, starting right now, if there's ADHD diagnoses or symptoms that you're dealing with. It's the Happy Families Podcast, the podcast for the time poor parent who just wants answers now. And we've got three more things that we have learnt through trial and error have made a huge difference to dealing with our child with ADHD. Okay, so I'm going to start with uh, a nice easy one, uh, and that is that we just need to work on transitions, especially around screens. So one thing that I've watched happen with family after family is when you put something on a kid, most kids, but especially kids that have got these ADHD symptoms or diagnoses, and you say, hey, it's time to turn off the TV, or it's time to go and do this, or it's time to go and do that. It's the same with kids that are on the spectrum as well. They don't respond well unless there's been some transition time, an opportunity for them to get their head around, here is where I am now, and soon I need to be moving from here to there. makes such a difference. But even... As, as much as transitions are important, them actually understanding the structure and routine of their day mm, mm. so that they know that when you give them that five-minute warning about what's going to happen next, they actually know that that's actually the next step in their day. It makes such a difference if they feel like they've got a bit of autonomy around it as well. Yeah, structure, routine, uh, transition time, five minutes to go. Hey, how, many, how many more minutes? What are we doing in five minutes' time? Two more minutes? What are we doing in two minutes? It's having that interaction, engagement, making sure that they're looking in your eyes, making sure they're saying, I'm turning off the TV or I'm going to bed or I'm getting in the car or I'm doing whatever. You get them to tell you what it is that's going to happen. It's annoying for them, but ultimately it means that you'll have a much more peaceful process as you transition from one part of the day to another. You mentioned supporting autonomy. So let's mention, let's bring that up because that's our, our number three idea, supporting autonomy. I'm writing an entire book about this, but before I launch into anything about autonomy, what would you say that means for you? I guess the biggest thing is just our kids want to know that they actually have some say in the way their world functions and and their day-to-day activities. But I found, especially with our ADHD child, she just needed to do things her way. And so finding a way to keep her safe and to keep her within, you know, kind of the boundaries of our family principles and standards has probably been the biggest challenge of dealing with her, but it has made the biggest difference in her behaviour and her response to the world around her. There's nothing I can add to that. So number one, get the kids outside, get them moving their bodies, get them involved in physical activity. Number two, work on transitions, warnings, conversations, reminders, getting them to feed it back to you. Number three, support their autonomy. And number four, I think this is probably the the most important one of all, which is why I wanted to save it to the end, the importance of staying calm. This is probably the biggest challenge. The importance of slowing down and being supportive. So we got some feedback from Jess, a Happy Families Premium member. Uh, She jumped into her um, iPhone and sent us a voice memo and said, don't really know if I love the whole high emotions, low intelligence thing because you're suggesting that high emotions are bad because it makes you dumb, but emotions are valuable and give us information and we should appreciate emotions all the time. She said, could we change it to you're not thinking straight in a high emotion state or when you're on the brink, remember to stop and think? And, and, and Jess, I love that. I'm still going to say high emotions, low intelligence, because we don't want to be making decisions in a high emotion state. Our thinking is not as clear. We are less intelligent. And it's important that we recognize that while those emotions are, are valuable, that they're not always true and they don't necessarily support us to make the decisions that we need to make so that we can be rational 
and thoughtful and, and wise. Well, I think that that is a really, really big distinction that you've got there based on what Jess is sharing. Um, you're suggesting that when we're in those higher emotive states, because our intelligence is lower, we're not capable of making big decisions in the most appropriate way. Yeah, we tend to be more rash. So while she's got some great ideas and suggestions, I love them, they're great, um, and and they work for different things, what you're actually suggesting is that when we're in that heightened emotion state, it's really important that we actually are able to take a step back and not jump into decision-making. Yeah, when you're on the brink, remember to stop and think. You're not thinking straight in a high emotion state. I love it. So uh, what what you're really highlighting is what Jess has highlighted, and that is that when you've got a child who exhibits ADHD symptoms or has an ADHD diagnosis, the best thing that you can do is slow down because we're inclined to speed up our thinking. Our thought processes, when they're faster, tend to be less deliberate, less considered and quite often less accurate, there's just more value in slowing things down, being supportive and staying calm. When you stay calm and balanced, you can make more rational choices. Well, what I actually found with our daughter was just that the more heightened my emotions became, the more heightened hers became, and it actually escalated so quickly. Yeah, and emotions are contagious. It, it, was, it was so intense, and especially when we were out in public, then, you know, kind of I was feeling – the public shame, I guess, and the guilt around having this child who was explosive, which just added, like piled on the the emotion yeah. that we were all feeling in the moment. And it made it really, really hard. And once I was able to step back and recognise that her emotions actually had very little to do with me, it wasn't my fault. Mm. This was her expressing what was going on in her world and it didn't make me a bad mum because she was having a moment that I was able to stay calm and just recognize that this was big for her right now. Once I did that, she actually, she still has those big, big explosive moments, but they last seconds, sometimes, you know, a minute at the most. And then she'll walk out the door and it's like it never happened. Get the kids outside, physically active, support their autonomy, work on transitions and stay calm, slow down, be supportive. We hope that these are some useful tips. If you have children who, well, even if they don't have ADHD, seriously, these are just going to be uh, useful useful ideas uh, for Mental Health Awareness Month, four things that you can do right now to support your child's ADHD. The Happy Families Podcast is produced by Justin Rowland from Bridge Media. Craig Bruce is our executive producer. And for more information about making your family happier, please visit us at happyfamilies.com.au. Listener.